Welcome to the podcast you've been looking for all about urban exploring. This is No Tracers. Step into the world of decay, abandonment, and chaos. The story of an urban explorer starts here, at the beginning. Welcome to the podcast you've been looking for all along. This is No Tracers. Here, we take only photos. We leave only footprints. And remember, leave no trace. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Friday. Hope you guys are gearing up for a weekend of exploring. I want to know where you're exploring this weekend. Uh, leave me a tweet at No Tracers. I just started a new Twitter for my urban exploring content and thoughts and feelings. So if you want to give me a follow at No Tracers on Twitter, that would be super sick. And uh, I'll retweet your tweets about urban exploring photos and, you know, all that good stuff. It's just another way to connect with you guys. So if you want to give me a follow on Twitter at No Tracers. This is No Tracers, the podcast all about urban exploring, where I have different guests on from around the world that are urban explorers that go into abandoned buildings. We've got some rooftoppers. I've got a train hopper coming on the show soon. Super excited about the growth of this community that we are building together. If you're new to No Tracers, please hit the subscribe button. And if you like the show, please do me a favor and leave a rating and feedback on it. It helps the podcast grow. It helps us find a broader audience of listeners just like you. This week on No Tracers, my guest is Tress Passion. You can find him on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. He's got TressPassion.com. Uh, if you guys want to check out his photography, please do so during this episode. And I hope you enjoy this one. His storytelling is absolutely amazing. It was a great time recording with him. And I hope you guys enjoy this one. It is a special episode. Um, if you are new to the podcast, like I said, please subscribe. There's a couple ways you can support the show. Uh, I have merchandise. I've got two photography books. I've got all kinds of ways that you can support the show. You can buy me a coffee, whatever you want. Um, check the description down below. There's also some Amazon affiliate links. If you guys are interested in getting some new gear, I'm an affiliate with wandered backpacks now. So if you're looking for a bag that will withstand your urban exploring adventures, check out wandered, check out the link below. I do get a little bit of commission when you guys use that link to buy something. So thank you in advance for doing that. And thank you to our partner, liquid death mountain water, who is keeping me alive. Honestly, <laughs> um, I have like chronic pain in my body all the time, but the more water I drink, the better I feel. And thanks to Liquid Death, I feel better than ever. So if you guys want to try Liquid Death Mountain Water, go to liquiddeath.com, buy a case of water, buy a koozie set, and use code just the letter K for 10% off your order. There's a link down in the description that will activate that coupon code for you guys directly. I appreciate you listening. Let's get into this one. Trust Passion, please introduce yourself and how long you've been exploring to the No Tracers audience. My name is John Mooney. Um, I am Tress Passion on any social media oh, website. And I started exploring about 10 years ago. Um, I got my first digital camera to shoot skateboarding and then went to um, a local asylum with a buddy. And it just became everything that we did every weekend. So what was your like t tell me about that first explorer into that asylum because that is quite an entry into urban exploring most people go to like a house 
You know what I mean? So Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I have the luxury of living in the Northeast where we oh, okay. have, you know, kind of all of that, in my opinion. Like, I love traveling, don't ever get me wrong. But, I mean, when it comes to, like, exploring older stuff, I don't think there's a better place in the country than where I'm located in Boston. You know, I'm kind of, you know, six to ten hours away from everything I could possibly want to see near here. Um, so it was um, – it was Norwich and Connecticut, which is pretty much all gone now. Um, me and my buddy, he had gotten information on it from somehow. So it was our first trip out was leaving the house at 3 a.m. to pre-dawn it because there was they were still live security or cops on, cops on the property, you know, um, 24-7. So in the dark, getting down there and... You have to walk like the train tracks, active train tracks for like about a mile, I'd say. And then you cut through the woods and then you're in the back of the building. We didn't have info on how to get like any entry or anything like that. Like there was windows open and stuff, luckily, but we see the guy like sleeping in his car near the front. And we're like, it was just everything I had wanted in photography that I was looking for after like getting out of like not skateboarding as much, throwing myself downstairs. That's sort of adrenaline <laughs> rush that I think I'm um, probably clinically addicted to. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can like skateboard from point A to point B. I can't really do much else other than like fall. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Yeah, I guess. As but, long as as long as you're smiling on the board, yeah, all yeah, for sure. But for a while there, I uh, was working with like an electric skateboard company as like a sponsor. So I, I have one. I've used it to explore dude, a couple times. Yeah, it's it's, it's so fun great. to like rip through a bando on a skateboard. So yeah, it, it's good if you need to like park your car somewhere. Yeah, and you know, get there and just it's almost silent. Yeah, it exactly. Works, it works so well. Exactly. I used to ride them through the airport until they got banned at airports. Oh like, really? That I, was my I, shit, dude. I haven't taken it much outside of like the um, like I, I brought it down to Connecticut to do a couple of places, but ar- around here, I it has like a fifteen mile range. So anywhere I could want to go, I just like hop on that. Yeah, and just be out, dude. It's Look, crazy. A little cold currently. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Doesn't work well in the cold or the rain, but uh, no, no. Otherwise, I mean, otherwise it's pretty fun. Um, absolutely. So, what is it about like? urban exploring that makes you keep going back to do this stuff? I've found that I'm constantly um, like um, intellectually like or um, artistically challenged. It always has my mind working in an artistic sort of way where I can get bored in other aspects. Um, it always challenges me. Like after, I think after about four years of photography, you kind of understand all the aspects of it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how to work a camera. It's become second nature, you know, understand F-stop and shutter speeds and how those affect your shots and stuff. And then, and then you really get to stop playing with like composition and how you're going to, I'm not one to set up scenes. It's more about finding the scenes and Mm -hmm. using my wide angle to um, accent that within the frame. Um, that's kind of why I'm lost when it comes to video, because then that's a whole different ball game. But I enjoy. I like to go to places that people have already gone and trying to find the shot that they missed. That's yeah. that's a that's a lot of fun for me. That's um, probably a little 
um, conceited of myself to do, I guess, in some aspects. But I I enjoy that in some weird, twisted, self-loathing type of type of way, <laughs> a self-fulfillment type of way. Um, it's just no matter anywhere I go, whether it's abandoned or landscape, like just shooting landscapes or streets and stuff like that. I still go out into Boston all the time and just walk around and shoot city stuff, whether I like post it, edit it or not, because it's it always has my mind looking at the world a different way which I think is important. And that's something I feel like that comes from skateboarding. You know, I've traveled across the country to go throw myself down a set of stairs. Yeah. That's a very subset group of people that understand that kind of need. You just look at the world a different way. My roommate, who's a uh, graffiti muralist, he looks at the world a different way. He'll see spots up on the sides of buildings and be like, oh, that would be the perfect place for my piece. (laughs) You know, it's just a way of looking at the world that, people that don't have that artistic type of um output i don't i don't get i don't get the i guess they don't get to enjoy the world that way yeah it's it's so interesting like the the taggers the graffiti muralists you know like that's like another subsect that i'm trying to get into like as far as like the podcast goes so i have a guy that wants to come on that is a muralist and like i'm super curious because you know in urbex it's like it can be kind of taboo to like do that kind of stuff but like there are real artists out there that are doing this my roommate is one of the most like one of the most amazing artists i've ever seen let alone known and he works full-time off you know spray painting on the side of people's businesses and he gets paid thousands and thousands of dollars to do it but that all started with him you know tagging a bathroom in middle school that's so crazy it all starts from something like that yeah i have when i first got into photography it was after finishing four years of probation for graffiti wow in boston i got caught on the on the red lines tagging oh, like shit. the train tunnel <laughs> so and that was sort of the adrenaline rush i was kind of searching for in photography as well you know i yeah. going out to a bando is a lot of the same as like going out at night and going to run on the train tunnels yeah you know wow. and a lot of urbexes do that as well for sure yeah i i've got a guy coming on that's a train hopper and i'm yeah. super stoked to like you know hear his story and and chat with him about that you know I've, i'm i'm trying to like expand no tracers from of just course, like photographers that shoot abandos like at abandoned places um because i think that ur- urban exploring is like more than that you know I, so a lot of these a lot of the times like I I love a lot of explorers and stuff, but they have a lot of hate for graffiti writers that yeah. we wouldn't have a lot of these spots if it wasn't for the graffiti writers for sure. first. For you sure. Know, I think you have to understand that like there is there has to be a kind of give and take and a, a, like a a mutual respect in for my sure. opinion. You know, like mm-hmm. I there's a lot of places that I've been that I would hate to see, you know, graffiti in. Yeah. And luckily my my roommate understands that. He never he never asked me for spots, you know, like unless he sees me go to a place that's all covered in graph already. Sure, sure, sure. You know, he's never even questioned me about stuff like that. He cuz he understands the way it works and what I do. Mm-hmm. I have to somewhat protect the pristine places I know, but I sure sure as heck know a bunch of places that he can go to and put up pieces that would blow away everything there. Yeah. Yeah, so I think there has think, to be a mutual respect. Absolutely. I think you're right. You know, a lot of people uh, frown upon it, but like w- there's got to be some sort of respect there. And I feel like they're the artists that are going there that are like your roommate, you know, they, they can actually add to some of these places, you know, like it's, it's a fascinating thing and like a, definitely a good like uh conversation point about urban exploring, because I feel like not a lot of people are talking about that. 
other than like fuck graffiti artists, you know, but yeah, like, yeah, I'm bringing paint thinner to a spot to take out everyone's pieces. Well, right. Like you're just going to have 10 more of like the, their crew come and just blow out the whole spot. That exactly. It's, it's a, graffiti can make or break a spot. For sure. I can't tell you how many times I've had to, you know, Photoshop out penises and swastikas. <laughs> yeah, dude. Things, for sure. You know, but I'd for rather sure. have a beautiful work of art that somebody spent time, you know, energy into. And mm-hmm. I mean, granted it's uh, given it's not like some you know classic old you know 100 plus year old building right sometimes it's it can it can make something so much better absolutely i mean like i remember going to this paper mill in colorado and there were the big furnaces and they're kind of arched and somebody had graffitied over them the pac-man ghosts oh awesome they fit perfectly and i was like of course that's like what should be there you know what i mean like i remember seeing urbex and chill get a shot of a place in new york and it was just a skull that someone had made out of like how the how the um tower had like eroded right and it was such an awesome shot to me it was just like oh that's so perfect yeah like some of them feel like they should have been there the whole time you know yeah it was right under your nose and you didn't see it it took someone else seeing the world a different way (laughs) exactly exactly so uh let's talk about some of the gear that you bring into these places you know uh like what kind of camera do you use what backpack are you carrying in if you have one shoes pants like anything that like you would recommend for urban explorers um, I am, I'm an old head, <laughs> so I haven't jumped to, um, I haven't jumped to mirrorless. Uh, oh, okay. I, it depends on the trip. I have one bag that is ridiculously way over, like way too heavy. I have a 5D Mach 4 Canon. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am not, I'm not like the Sony Canon Nikon guy i don't really care what people shoot with i'm more about the image that comes from it sure i've seen great shooters on fuji i've seen great people on everything um my normal bag is my uh 5d mark 4 um i have a sigma 14 millimeter 1.8 beautiful which is uh one of the nicest lenses i've ever had but also one of like the most pointless that any (laughs) any company's ever made it's (laughs) it's made for astrophotography for sure but it works for what we do because yep. it's nice and wide and it, mm-hmm. it doesn't shoot like a fish. Yeah, exactly. It's, it it's shoots like beautiful. a landscape lens. It's yeah, so it's beautiful. Gorgeous. And it, it has the least amount of lens distortion out of any of my lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm trying to go late, uh, if I'm trying to like bring more stuff, I'll bring my 512 okay. uh, lens. Um, I just sold my 7200, which I kind of hate myself for. I was going to say, my guy. <laughs> I, I'm not doing weddings as much right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I have my kids every weekend for the most part, yeah, yeah. and that's when all that is. Got it. I have uh, Peak Design, um, pretty much everything else. My I have a the carbon fiber Peak Design tripod, mm-hmm. which is crazy expensive, but worth every penny if you can afford it. Yeah. Um, Peak Design backpack. I have like their their camera straps for my shoulder straps because anything that keeps my camera out of my bag is a benefit to me in my opinion same i mean unless i'm running i, I want to have <laughs> my camera in my hands for the most part yeah um i have a gopro um max that i have dropped too many times so i have trouble doing 360 cams oh, with it damn. but i still use for a gopro <laughs> okay um and i have a just a little panel light that was like 90 bucks on Amazon. But the thing is so great. It has a side side um, section so I can hook my mic right up to it. Oh, nice. And not have to have like a whole rig on my camera. 
because uh, I shoot with an L bracket as well on on my oh, camera, okay. so I can line up my portrait and landscape kind of evenly without having to move my tripod too much. Right. And then I have a Mamiya RB67 medium format film camera. Oh. That dude. is uh, probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever used in my life. That's uh, wild. I what wish I could jump to just doing film, but I yeah. I'd like working digital images as well. For sure. But, so if uh, so- I really want if I really want to kill myself, I will bring both of those with <laughs> me, and I will have to talk to every person I encounter rather than run from them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So with that film camera, are you developing yourself? Are you sending out the the, the black, images? Black and whites, I will develop at home. Okay. Um, I have um, Norwich Camera Company in Connecticut is owned by a buddy and uh, by three of my buddies. I've I've known. Andy for a long time, and then um, the other two I've met more um, recently. But three of the most amazing guys when it comes to photography and film in general. Um, I will go down there and hang out with him and like drop off like ten rolls, wow. and he'll de- he'll develop my slide film, my you know regular color negatives, and I typically I have a hundred millimeter macro that I will home scan most okay. of my uh most of my stuff i have a light table but then i also have a x-ray light that i got from a local hospital before it was demolished that Dude. i used to look at my slides that's crazy wait okay wait with the the x-ray table uh talk x-ray, about that the light the light so, sorry yeah so talk about that a little bit more did you take it did you get it in a demo sale like how did you acquire that oh i 100 percent took it okay for sure. it was it was uh <laughs> It was uh, in my hometown of Quincy. Um, when I fractured my ankle skateboarding, it was a place that I was in to, to have my ankle like um, checked out. Wow. They closed. It's been all demolished for like two or three years now. I want to say about six years ago they closed, but the emergency room was still open. Oh, okay. So for like two or three years, it was just that. So the whole hospital was just kind of, open like it wasn't open i just knew a door that was a way to get in so i would go there pretty regularly and shoot the operating rooms i have shots oh. of like with the tables we found body bags wow. there was all sorts of stuff left in there um i didn't get into the autopsy room i know people that did later i just did i was actually dealing with probation at the time for mm-hmm. um shooting at mbta tunnels and um I got into the uh, the morgue where they had the the um, freezers, but I didn't get into the autopsy room. Wow, dude, that's wild. I that's something I still haven't seen. I've never been into a morgue. Like I'm, I just haven't done it yet. I haven't found one. Oh, you'll find the right one. I'm dying. I'm dying to. <laughs> pun, pun intended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're they're definitely cool and really. I I haven't seen a porcelain autopsy table. That's oh wow, goals for me. Yeah, so. It, you know, it's uh, another taboo thing that we just brought up is taking stuff. Um, I know that people have their opinions about it. I just got added to a Discord server with a bunch of explorers. And we all kind of had like a show and tell the other day. Yeah. Of like, this, everybody takes shit. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, you've no, taken absolutely. Thing. Like, fuck My, off. Like, you've literally taken something. I typically like to take something small that sure. like is... Um, symbolic of the place or maybe even has the name on it correct you know like um i just got something it was wooden tokens from a bar that i went to okay yeah yeah yeah. and it was wooden drink drink yeah yeah 
and says, That's good right. for one drink. And then has the name of the place on the back. <laughs> so like my, my thing, um, like coming into it, I, I did Greystone about two weeks after I did Norwich. Okay. And within six months, the place was completely demolished and it was like Linwood hall, like oh. levels of beauty. Dude. And I, I like, I only had a kit lens at the time. Like I would, I would kill to go back to shoot it again with my knowledge now, but I had a whole folder with patient files that were from intake to death with, with, with photo records. Holy shit. And I was, you know, so new to it. I was like, I don't take anything, blah, blah, blah. And within six months, that place was, you know, in, in rubble. I would have held on to that for you know probably the rest of my life and cherished it and not let it end up in a landfill yeah my thing is if i think someone will travel to shoot it i won't take it for sure you know like if it's like a big piece and that's my belief i never try and like what how i feel is how it should be like i think you know different different strokes for different people and if i didn't get there to shoot it before you took it that's on me yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. You know, I, I feel pretty similarly about it. You know, there's all these like, like houses, especially, I feel like they're just going to fall in on themselves. Yeah. You know, so if there's like a, like I found a, a, like a little clock and I was like, this is cool. Like, this will be a cool piece in my, in my place. You know, like I, I like being Absolutely. able to like decorate with stuff like that. I've got like a whole Urbex shelf in my living uh-huh. room. It's just like little trinkets from different places. Like I, I shoot music videos and abandoned places a lot. So like I did one in uh, Pittsburgh, it was a glass factory. Awesome. And so they had like, they did porcelain and glass back in the day. So there was awesome. all this like colored glass on the floor still from, you know, back in the day. And then yeah, there was yeah, like yeah. Uh, porcelain little figurines. So there was like two doves and oh, I was like, awesome. Oh yeah, that's, that's tight. Definitely. Like, you know, that's a m- memorabilia from like this, this amazing video shoot that I did. That was like one of my biggest budget music video shoots to this day has the most views. It's got like 5 million views on YouTube. And it's like, that's amazing. It was just like one of those things that I was like, I need something to remember this by. So hundred percent. And I think yeah. there's a huge difference from like taking someone, taking something as like a memory and then going home to like put it on your eBay. Oh you yeah. Know? If you're like, selling shit, like, I know, I know that there are people in the community that do that. There is like a guy that sells stuff on eBay, like key master keys and like just crazy shit. And I'm not trying to discredit him or anything like hustle. How you got to hustle. I get get it, man. But like, I, I do think there is a difference between the two. Like I personally, for me, I, I just wouldn't like, I don't know. That's just not for me. Yeah. I get that other people do it. There's money in it. For it sure. makes a whole bunch of sense. For sure. But it, it's just not for me. Absolutely. So for you, do you get like DMs or emails or anything like that of people like at that, that for example, like hospitals or asylums or anything like that, that have like been there as like a patient or a staff member or, you know, somebody that was involved in it while it was active that, um, that like so- email you? That it's crazy. That first trip to Norwich, my mom's best friend had an aunt that was in Norwich for years. Wow! Like years and years and years. So um, as soon as I like showed my mom those pictures, she passed them on to her friend, and like she was amazed by it and told me the story about how she would go visit her aunt in there, and she was wow. apparently schizophrenic, I believe. But just um, she was young when she went there, so it was just kind of like. I remember like having seeing her in the day rooms and stuff, but it, it wasn't like too vivid of a story. But I was just like, oh man, it's so cr- like, it's crazy to think about these places like with life in them. Yeah, right. It's so crazy. Like it's it feels like it it's been like that forever. 
when yeah. we go in these spots. And it's weird to like spend so much time in abandoned hospitals. Then when you go to like active ones, you're like <laughs> weirded out by it. You're like, should I be here? Yeah. Like this is, it, it's a like <laughs> alternate universe. It feels it's so like. wild. I remember, dude, I was in uh, Detroit with my, my girlfriend and, you know, we went to a, an abandoned spot and then she took me to her school that she grew up going to and the school, like classes were in session. So we're just walking yeah. around the hallways of this yeah, school. Yeah. That's like people are studying and I'm like, are we allowed to be here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been to school that isn't abandoned. I don't it's know how super, long. It's super weird. Like, I haven't been to, like, a real, like, an open school in, like, oh, over a decade. Like, this is fucking crazy. Picking up my kids from school is about the only schools I've been to. And that's only been, you know, four years now. Yeah. So, it, it's been uh, it's been a weird transition back. It Like, because I've worked remotely for my regular job for five years since, like, since before COVID. So okay. When, COVID hit, everyone was like, oh my God, everything's like different. And I'm like, I've kind of been like <laughs> off the grid and not like, I've been socially distanced before it was cool. Sure. Yeah. Same, same. <laughs> um, have you ever gotten permission to explore a spot? I've done a couple like workshops with friends that have done it. Um, I've just run into um, dead end emails. With it. Oh yeah. That's, um, that's, anytime I've yeah. tried to do it that way, I just end up, and and I get it because you're having someone take time out of their life to do something they ultimately probably don't care about. Yeah. And yep. you know that would be hard to get me to. I mean, it's hard to get me to do stuff I don't care about. You know, like yeah. so I get that, but it also isn't going to stop me from doing what I feel is a benevolent act in some sort of way. <laughs> you know, like I'm not doing it to hurt anyone. I typically don't like to like break stuff to get into a place. I Same. usually know how to get in or I can, you know, lock, pick my way in if, if need be, you know, like sure. I'm not there to typically, you know, hurt the place or do anything like that. I just want to document the place while it is how it is. Yeah. I feel the same way. You well, know it what? still is, you know, because these yeah. places go more and more every day. Yeah. So quickly it, the, the turnaround for, you know, things getting demoed and, you know, stuff like that is escalating quickly, I think, oh, yeah. because of the growth of the Urbex community. And like the Absolutely. more the more media attention it gets, the faster people are going to be like, we got to get rid of these places. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, what? there's like there's like rumors in, you know, Detroit specifically uh, that some cops are actually burning the places down, which is fucked. But like, it's just. Yeah, <sighs> yeah that's but crazy. I would think more the property owners. I yeah, think for insurance, the, right? Yeah, insurance, yeah. or just to uh, like um, eliminate the cost of abatement. Yeah, that's, yeah, definitely. That's the biggest issue. I mean, that's the the saving grace for us, but the biggest issue for property owners. You know, a lot of these places would just be rubble if they didn't have to deal with abatement. Yep. Properly, yep. so to burn it to the ground is a lot better than spending you know tens of thousands of dollars to do it properly yeah exactly it's like you but know, i wouldn't put it past cops yeah right 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 <laughs> it's just a like a wild conundrum of the world that that's a thing but it's it's, it's a cat and mouse game yeah exactly the mouse doesn't live forever so you for just sure. have to pick you pick your pick your battles for the cheese yes in exactly. my experience exactly um can you share your most creative entrance into a bando um I mean, one of the ones that a lot of people have done along here is there's a um, – they just put in a, a 
shit ton of alarms from what I heard. But it was, you know, uh, multiple buildings on the grounds and you go in through a tunnel just like in the middle of the woods. <laughs> and you go th- – th- uh, I went there twice. I will – even if the alarms weren't there, I would never go there again. I got really good shots there, but I made sure to get everything I needed on the second trip. Mm-hmm. The tunnels – I'm six six foot and the tunnels are about <laughs> – four feet tall <laughs> so you're crawling through this tunnel so you're basically like like neil like neil walking and you can't have your backpack on your back because it'll hit the roof or every like there's a pipe every like 15 feet that Jesus. you have to duck under so you end up like low crawling for probably about a mile but it feels oh. like 10 and on the way back you're going uphill for most of it Jesus. like on a steep steep incline and it was in like the first time I did it, I had trouble walking the next day. Damn, yeah. Literally, like, could not get out of bed for more to go to the bathroom. Um, just because my, my calves and my legs just burned. And I, I stay pretty active. Um, and that was one of the most hellish, hellish ones. Um, when I went to, I went to Buffalo in a blizzard and did an amusement park in a blizzard. That was an interesting <laughs> one. It, it like snow trips can be like worrisome because of footprints, obviously. Sure. But when the blizzard's so crazy that like within ten minutes of you being in, your footprints are washed away. Oh my it's god! Like a perfect storm because no one's out because it's a blizzard, so you yeah. can just kind of run around wherever you want, and you don't have to worry about footprints. <laughs> so when I was in Buffalo for like two days, we just ran through everything, and one of them was a, an amusement park where I got to hike up a, a about as high as I could get up the roller coaster, it was just covered in ice and just not I didn't want to fall like the sixty feet it was from the top. But I got to climb like up the high point of the ro- wooden roller coaster. Damn, that's wild, dude. Yeah, that was that was a good trip as well. <laughs> Amazing. So I mean they they all kind of have their unique aspects to them. You yeah. know, like then they're, they're never cookie cutter it feels like. Right. Yeah. Definitely. They're all different, you know, and it, that's what makes them so cool, I feel. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's always a different experience and it's always an adventure in some sort of way, it feels like. Right. I, I watched The Goonies too many times. As a kid. Yeah. <laughs> the movie that scared me as a child. Love, <laughs> love The Goonies. Um, so speaking of like falling 60 feet off of a roller coaster, uh, do you have any urban exploring injury stories? I'm going to knock on wood. I don't have any <laughs> bad ones. I've had a couple like small cuts and stuff. Um, in the on the same buffalo trip i put my hand through some stained glass going into a church and ended up with like just a hole in my palm but it just wouldn't stop bleeding um and like i said i grew up skateboarding so i right. like grew up just like super gluing cuts on my palms like all because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's just what i did it was sure. the same like consistency of you know liquid uh liquid band-aid or whatever yeah and, yeah yep um so i've lucked up i've lost some some clothing i've had like my jeans rip from like my ass to my foot and ended a day you know but um i've been pretty lucky i haven't had any major injuries oh that's good just some, that. some cuts and some uh some ripped pants <laughs> amazing amazing um what about your most dangerous or your riskiest exploration uh that would i guess <laughs> socially if if i was to ask people it would be chernobyl going to chernobyl is probably <laughs> The riskiest. I went in 2014 before. Wow. Um, 
I don't know if it was the first time that Russia invaded, but it was like eight months before Putin invaded Kiev mm-hmm. in 2015. And I like I've because I I went with a buddy. I spent my first Father's Day as a dad in Pripyat. <laughs> what? I think I might be the. I may, I I think I'm the only person in the world that can say that. That's I might not be, um, <laughs> but I I'm maybe one of three. Wow. Um, it was like a lifelong dream to go there. Sure. Because um, I had always been exploring abandoned places since I was young. My my brother that passed away when I was 18, He, mm-hmm. when I was 10 years old, we broke into an abandoned house behind my house in Quincy. <laughs> and we spent hours going through um, books in a library looking for money hidden. And, and to the point where our parents were like running all over the neighborhood looking for us. <laughs> so my buddy Tori was stationed in Italy and... I just had my first kid and he's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to explore Chernobyl. And we were talking on Facebook and uh, I'm like, Oh, that's awesome, dude. I can't wait to see your pictures. And he's like, do you think you could come? I was like, Oh dude, I just had a kid. There's no way. He's like, I got half your airfare. Wow. So I, I jumped at the opportunity and I, I spent 36 years, 36 hours in the air flying. And I spent about 48 to maybe 54 on the ground. (laughs) <laughs> it was like a long weekend in the Ukraine and it was amazing. Wow. Um, I mean, I don't think it was the ri- probably the riskiest thing I've done. I think running on active train tracks to try and yeah, that's pretty wild. train stations is <laughs> riskier probably. But uh, anyone I would ask, that would probably be the riskiest thing. I didn't do it um, illegally. I went through it through a tour with oh, okay. uh, so my you, buddy. Yeah, okay, gotcha. If I if I go back, I'd do it the other with a, way. Like a stalker? Yeah, that, but, I think, yeah. I think that's the way to do it. And I only I only did one day. I would do two, I think. For sure. Because it was cool like to see the Ferris wheel and stuff. And, sure. you know, the schools. Yeah. And the daycares and stuff. It was, it was an amazing trip that I wouldn't trade for anything. But I <laughs> wish I had another day in there. Definitely, yeah. And the nighttime shots I've seen are incredible, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm dying to get that uh, satellite dish at, or d- whatever it is, the big satellite. Oh, thing. Um, yeah. Ruga, I think Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah, night yeah, yeah. would oh, be no. wild. Like I, an astro photo. Yes, yeah, star trails around it. Dude, just crazy, crazy. I know, like, uh, I've had several people on the show that have been there, but yep. it's definitely on my list and it will stay on my list until I check it off. Or, oh, absolutely. You know. I, it's, you know, I think the top of the bucket list for, for most explorers, mm-hmm. yeah, at least there in America, you know, it's yeah. kind of the dream. Exactly. Um, has anything ever made you want to stop exploring? Like no. any experience? No? No. <laughs> you answered so quick. <laughs> sorry, sorry to cut you off, but no, uh, I mean, so on my 40th birthday, I went to a, a high school. I just turned 40 in December. Okay. Um, and I went to, there's an abandoned high school in Connecticut that, you know, a lot of people have like gone to, it seemed like a normal idea. Um, it, my birthday was on a Thursday. I took work off. I was like, I'm just going to go down there. There's a beautiful library in there. I'm going to shoot that. So I get there. It's 6 a.m. I'm setting up my tripod, waiting for the sun to come up. And I start looking out the window and I see four all black unmarked cars. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. So I look and they're putting on tactical vests and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, oh of course, this is me. So I grab my stuff and I pack everything up and I'm running through it. And you have to go through this gym and I'm like, I'm looking down like, and I can see them coming around the back and they're just going in for regular like training. You know, oh. they're, they're doing, 
<laughs> I knew what it was because I've had this happen to me before. It's okay. crazy enough. I've been in buildings and seen whole SWAT teams walk past and they're going to another building to do, you know, they do uh, paint round trainings. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll load their guns with paint rounds and, and clear buildings. Yeah. And I had seen paint rounds when I was going in there. So I knew it was a location that they do training in. Wild. And just luckily, I looked out the window at that time, you know, and saw them coming in. And it was just, you know, just, and so I get, I'm all out of breath because my bag weighs 30 pounds and, you know, I'm running a quarter mile to my car. And I, I get to my car and I'm like, I just turned 40 and I'm still friggin' doing this. Like, when is enough enough? <laughs> and then I get back, I drive back home and I'm looking at my, the couple shots I got and I was like, oh, I got to go back. <laughs> so, like, I'll, I'll, and I have gone back since. Amazing. And it's just, I don't, I'll always explore. I, yeah. I like to think maybe I might go somewhere else with it. But I mean, the only thing I could see myself doing is doing like national parks and more landscape waterfall type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'll lose the adrenaline rush. Exactly. I think that is what really pushes me more, most than anything. Definitely. Um, having to look over my shoulder the whole time while setting up my tripod is something that I'll never get sick of. Definitely. So let's uh, talk about your book, Not Evidence. Tell me about what it was like to make that, what it's about, and uh, why you wanted to do it. Um, I wanted to get my probation fees paid off. Um, so the cover is, uh, I got arrested in Boston by the MBTA for running um, train lines at two in the morning. And they, they, um, they charged me with felony trespassing Fox. and threatened me with terrorism. Fuck, what? Well, this, this is what cops God, do. I know. They, they they charge you with that, so you plead down to a lesser charge. Of course. So I ended up getting um, breaking and entering misdemeanor. And okay. I have, you know, pot charges from 20 years ago on sure. my record and a couple trespassing charges in random states. But I don't, my, my record is clean besides the graffiti that is also almost – 15 years old at this point yeah so and that was also with the meta so they already don't like me oh uh, yeah um so they held my camera gear when i was um pretty much just working as a wedding photographer at the time for just over a year like 16 months i think they held about four thousand dollars worth of camera gear as evidence jesus so when i got my camera back um they gave me the bag <laughs> that was it was in and it, you know, said evidence, John Mooney, you know, Canon <laughs> camera. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to yeah. make it look like, you know, a book from high school that you'd wrap in a black uh, brown paper bag. Yeah. Um, and I edited out the cop's name and like all the evidence and stuff like that. But it was, I, I had always kind of wanted to put together a book because I had, I mean, we'll, we'll never do all the places sure. that we want to do, you know, um, but I've done a good collection of places, I think, in my 10 years. And I've always enjoyed writing. So I wrote a story about one of my trips and um, I sent it to a buddy. And he was like, holy shit, you wrote it? He, he had never read, written, uh, read anything I'd written. He was like, holy shit, you wrote this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, what do you think? And he's like, this is awesome, man. You should do a book. And I had always kind of played with the idea of a photo book. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll mix them together. So I put together, I think it's seven stories that I wrote that all correlate kind of with the photos involved um, yeah. with them, which I ended up being a pretty good process. I did it myself through like a um, third party 
Okay. And I, you know, I didn't make a crazy amount, but I made enough to pay off my uh, court fees. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think it's important that we print our work, our, our stuff out. I feel like a lot of people just keep it on a hard drive, you know, but I, I think that it's important to like, remember that tangible side of photography. There's something about the tactile aspect yeah. of art that, um, I don't know, is lost on a newer generation. Mm-hmm. Like I remember going to record stores and getting CDs and stuff right. like that and waiting for CDs to come out. <laughs> yeah. And I love living in the future where everything's available at the click of a button. Um, but I think printing work and that that's a lot of the reason why I love doing um, film photography sure. as well, because, you know, having the negatives at the end of the day is there's something, something special about that. Like I'll, I'll bust out my slides and look at them on my light table every once in a while. I, I had a buddy who isn't even an Airbags photographer show me a shot he took of his buddy on slide film in downtown Crossing in Boston in like the early 2000s. And I remember seeing it and it was just such a perfect window into a time I remembered that just isn't alive anymore. Wow. And I remember seeing that and being like, that's what I want to do. I want to create that, yeah. you know, forever. Yeah. And I think that's what I've always done. But seeing that on like an actual tactile thing and not just on a backlit screen right. was just something so it was so revel- revelatory to me mm. and just like moving. Yeah, it is. It is a magic thing. You know, I've got all over my house. I have different photos printed out from different places. Like I live in Nashville. So I've got a bunch of like Nashville photos of abandoned yep. places around here that, that I printed out. Cause I mean, if I'm going to decorate my place, I want to do it with my, my own photography, my own art. Absolutely. You know, it, it just makes it instead of putting like family photos or like, you know, the typical things that you see in someone's house. I'm like, I, my stuff like has a story, you know? Absolutely. Your, your own stuff, other artists that inspire you. I think yeah. you should always, um, For sure. surround yourself with, um, stuff that you feel connected to in some yeah. some aspect. I mean, that can be family photos as well, of, sure, course, of course, but um, I, you should always surround with stuff that always challenges you um, artistically or emotionally or some sort. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just become stagnant. Exactly. So if you could live in one abandoned place that you've explored for an entire week, which place would it be? Ooh. A week in one place. Yeah. Um. I'd probably do Greystone because I only got so much time there. And I feel like that was, that was such a unique place because one, it was a Kirkbride and you'd go down one hallway and be completely destroyed. And then you'd get to the end and you'd go down the next hallway and it'd be like perfect. Wow. And then, and it would look like the other one, but just perfect. Like huh. it would look like a destroy one, but just, you know, perfect. And then you go down the next one, the next one would be destroyed. So the way it was designed to make like, insane people feel sane it made sane like maybe i'm not sane but it made me a somewhat sane person feel insane like i felt like i was going like in a time loop almost yeah yeah Um, and only having such limited gear and limited knowledge of the time if i could have a week week in graystone oh man i would i would come back with some of my best work i feel like Mm. that place was just incredible definitely and what do you hope for the future of urban exploring um, hmm. I hope less places to get demoed and more places to get restored. Yeah. Um, I think that would be an awesome turnaround for a lot of places. Um, 
more community community would be great, but you just have so many different, you know, walks of life within it that it's really tough. I mean, if I think a more cohesive community within the subset of people that are in this would be amazing. Um, maybe that's just me looking at Instagram and Facebook too much, but there's just so much unnecessary drama, I think, yeah. if people could kind of let their egos deflate. Yeah. I mean, myself included, I'm not, you know, I I enjoy my own work as, as well as other people's. Uh, I understand that I have an ego as well. Uh, I just feel like a lot of times people are just afraid to say they were wrong. Yeah. You know, it's like one of the only words I'd ever spoken on the internet. You know what? You were right. I was wrong. Like yeah. that, I feel like that isn't said enough um, when it's thought, even though, you know, I, I just think there's too much egos within it and a little bit more um, community within the Airbus community would be great. Definitely. I agree. And uh, last question for you is what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started exploring? Uh, stop shooting at a low F stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I wish I'd do then. Um, that's a tough one. You're not going to see every place. Um, just try and see as many as you can and take time in the places you're at. If you think a place is already destroyed, shoot it anyway. It's going to probably, unfortunately, get a lot worse. Um, uh, there's a couple hospitals that I went to that like had one or two tags in them. I mean, Kings Park. I shot Kings mm. Park was one of the first places I went. And I remember seeing a bunch of those buildings with no tags in them. Wow. And only seeing a couple tags and being like, oh, this place is covered. I, I don't <laughs> want to shoot here. And just ego, you know, like just it, that sort of. It's like the hallway with the balls and the, the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. I went to that place when there was just one little tag that I could have easily photoshopped oh. out. And now that hallway is completely covered. Like I wish I had a shot of it and yeah. I didn't take it because of the one tag. Like if you, if you don't want to shoot a place cause you think it's beat up, shoot it. It's only going to get worse and it's only going to be gone someday. So it's better to have it something than nothing. Definitely. Um, if people want to keep following your journey, where can they find you? Where can they get your book? Um, how can they support you further? Um, at Trespassion on pretty much any social media. Uh, I have the website Trespassion.com. Uh, there's links to the book, uh, prints and other stuff up on there. And I think I, I updated the photos within the past six months. I probably need to do it again, but I'm somewhat slacking on that. I wouldn't. It doesn't need too, too much editing, but uh, yeah, the website, uh, trespassion.com is probably the best bet for the book and stuff, but Instagram at trespassion, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, there's not a lot of stuff on there though. So guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with trespassion. It was super fun to talk to him today. And if you did like it, please leave a rating and feedback on the podcast. It helps me know that you like the show. And if you want to come on the show, you can hit me up at no.tracers on Instagram. My new Twitter is no tracers, or you can hit me up at contact at no tracers.com. If you want to come on the show, if you're new, please hit the subscribe button. And if you enjoyed this, like I said, you can, you can share it. You can leave a rating and feedback. It all helps. Thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you next week with another one. Stay strong. Keep enduring. Go out. Go explore something. And remember, leave no trace.